So I want to get into this fast. We don't have much time. And uh, I am with you tonight, five o'clock here. So whether we're going to, I don't want to carry on with this because I have another very important word for you tonight on how did Satan enter the garden? How did he enter the garden? And what has it to do with the mind and the heart? How did he enter the garden? And what does it have to do with the mind and the heart? And how does he destroy people? It's not by open doors. It's by a lot of other things. It's got nothing to do. A lot of people think Satan comes into your life because of an open door. I can debunk that theory, really. Um, uh, in fact, I think we will begin to. But um, open doors is fine, it's necessary, but it's milk of the word. Okay, there's a lot of other ways that Satan comes in. Number one, he comes in by an opportune time. He takes opportunity. But number two, he deceives. Number three, he comes in when the heart and the mind is not in connection and when people doesn't have integrity or holiness or when their thought life is attacked. Are you guys with me? So let's go to Hebrews chapter number 6, 11. Hebrews 6, 11 as the foundational scripture. Hebrews 6 verse 11. Um, uh, in fact, no, not, not that. Let's go Hebrews 8, 5. Hebrews 8, 5. Hebrews 8, 5. Who serve the copy and the shadow of the heavenly things as Moses was divinely instructed when he was about to make the tabernacle. For he said, see that you make all things according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. But he says we are a copy and a shadow of the heavenly things. Meaning before Moses made the, made the uh, tabernacle, he was in heaven on Mount Sinai, saw God, saw the things in heaven, saw the tabernacle, and then he went and did as he seen. Are you guys with me? But it was a copy of things coming from Eden. But now in the New Testament, we don't only have a tabernacle built with with brick and mortar or human hands, but we have a tabernacle built with the hands of God. Meaning that we have a body that is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Are you guys with me? So let's go to Revelation 22 verse 1. Revelation 22 verse 1. And He showed me a pure river of water of life. Say with me, a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its street, in the, so there was a river with a street in the river. And on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore, say with you, the tree of life. I want you to remember this in the beginning and I want you to remember it at the end of the sermon, which was the tree of life, which bore 12 fruits, each tree yielding its fruits every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Are you guys with me? So when you look at the river, the four rivers, it is an image of a tree with branches. It is the same as your nervous system and your vagus nerve going throughout your body. It is the same veins, if you can call it that, that goes into a leaf. Meaning that there's a system that God has created that has the ability to feed every part of life or if you can say it, feed every part of your body and then flow out of you to feed and heal nations. Are you guys with me? That is why some can have a larger river than others. Some can have a river that is deeper than others. It depends 
how their revelation is and how close they are to God in their relationship with Him and what they are doing. Are you guys with me? So Revelation 22 verse 1 is speaking of the tree of life, 12 fruit. is speaking of a perfect image. Let's start in the beginning. Let's go to Genesis 1.26. I want to give you Adam's purpose. Genesis 1 verse 26. And I'm just going to kind of like try to flow um, with this as the Holy Spirit leads. I just put some scriptures down here. Um, because this is a message that I couldn't really put into notes. It's going to be too complex. So Genesis 1 verse 26. Then God says, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them, so God's saying, let us make man in our image. This is where God made the spirit of man. Genesis 2, God speaks of, the Bible speaks of how God formed the man out of the dust. Are you guys with me? So he says, let them have dominion. So with the dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, let them subdue, let them have dominion. And we can carry on reading verse 28. I'm going to jump a little. You know, all of you know these verses. So here we see an image of Adam as a king. Only a king can rule and reign and have dominion. Are you guys with me? And subdue and take over. Genesis 2 verse 15, where we see God making the flesh part of man. We see, then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. Then the Lord, Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep. Say with me, tend and keep. The only other place where the words tend and keep is used in Scripture is in a temple, in a tabernacle. So we see Adam operating as a priest. Are you guys with me? But we see that God never created the soul. God created the spirit and He created the flesh. Then it says, and man became a living soul. So it was the fusion of the spirit and the flesh that came together and gave birth to the soul. So you have the spirit, soul, body. The spirit and the body gave birth to the soul. You have the God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. You have the Father, by the conception of the Holy Spirit, the Son was born. Are you guys with me? Okay. Am I saying that there was never a Trinity? No, no, no. The Word was in the beginning as well, which was Christ. And everything is locked up in Christ. So even though there's a Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, you also have a fourth component which is the fourth dimension, which is the Christ. Are you guys with me? So every time you want to look at the realm of the Spirit in terms of something, you look at the fourth component. Am I removing the Trinity? Absolutely not. It just says a God that is in Christ in the book of Colossians. Outer courts, inner courts, holy of holies, three realms. But what is the fourth realm? The Ark of the Covenant. Are you guys with me? Okay. Spirit, soul, body of a man. What is the fourth component? The Christ that comes on you. So Genesis 2 verse 15, we see Adam operating as a priest. Now let's go on. Uh, 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 in fact, uh, we see the Garden of Eden operating as a temple. We see that in the midst of the garden, he says, there's a tree that you shall not touch. It's the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So say with you, the midst, the middle. So the middle speaks of a temple. 
Because in the middle of the temple in the Holy of Holies was the Ark of the Covenant, which was not allowed to be touched. In the middle, you also had the Tree of Life, which was symbolic of the lampstand. Are you guys with me? But the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you were not allowed to touch because it symbolized the, um, it symbolized the tablets of the law that was in the Ark of the Covenant. Knowledge. It was also holy ground that could not be stepped on that was symbolic to Abraham getting, to, oh sorry, Moses getting to the burning bush and there was holy ground. He could not get close to the glory until he changed his, his feet. Are you guys with me? The shoes, his sandals. Then we see how Mount Sinai, nobody could get up to Mount Sinai. Only Moses could go into symbolically of the high priest that could go into the Holy of Holies. So we see the image of a temple right throughout Scripture. A copy of heavenly things. Are you guys with me? So now we can go on and we can see that even Adam uh, going further. So we see as a priest in the garden and the garden is a temple. Then we can see Genesis 2 verse 19. Genesis 2 verse 19. I'm not going to read it. You can just write it down if you have a pen. And it says that God brought the animals before Adam and Adam named the animals. And he called the cat of the bird of the air, the beast of the field and so on. But there was no helper for him. So the fact that Adam called. So God thought, but Adam spoke. So Adam was God's prophet. So Adam was a king, a priest, and a prophet. Are you guys with me? In the garden. It's very important to understand this because we need to understand the purpose and the role of Adam. Mm. What was Satan's original purpose? Go Isaiah 14 verse 12. Isaiah 14 verse 12. If we don't finish this morning, you need to come tonight. If we do finish this morning anyway, you need to come tonight. <laughs> How you are fallen from heaven. He's speaking about Lucifer. Oh, Lucifer, son of the morning. How you cut down to the ground. You who weakened the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne. Say throne. So Satan was a king. Only a king has a throne. Are you guys with me? We also see you ruled nations. Verse 13, verse 13 goes, uh, or, uh, let's, let's carry on here. Yeah? For you say in your heart, I will ascend to heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Next verse. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation. Say with the congregation. Just keep it there. Uh, Ezekiel 28 verse 12. Ezekiel 28 verse 12. And it's important that we get into these verses. Because uh, Ezekiel 28 verse 12. You were the seal of perfection. Is that right? Ezekiel 28 verse 12. You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. Every stone was your covering. Just remember that. It goes on to verse 18. Verse 18 says, You defiled your sanctuaries. You defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities, by the iniquity of your trading. So we see Satan was a priest because he had a congregation, he had sanctuaries, and he had every stone as a covering which speaks of his effort and the breastplate. 
that a priest would carry. Are you guys with me or would wear? So Satan was a king, Satan was a priest. But the Bible says, O Lucifer, son of morning. The word Lucifer means light and revelation, which speaking of a prophet. So Satan was a prophet as well. So he carried the priest, the prophet, and the king inside of him as well. Are you guys with me? But... Mm, Adam had one up on Satan. And I want you to see this. This is why the devil had to come in and caused Adam to remove his breastplate. So even though the Bible doesn't say it, I believe he had what we call a breastplate of righteousness. Because all things are restored to an original intent. What does the Bible say we have? We have a breastplate of righteousness. And the moment that the devil came into his head, Suddenly he realized, I am naked. And Eve realized she is naked. Why? They shifted their minds from a righteous mindset to a sin consciousness mindset. And certain clothing was removed from them, which was a breastplate of righteousness. Because a garment gives you authority. So when they lost their authority, the serpent could get into the garden because he allowed them to remove their breastplate because in their breastplate they had one something better than Lucifer are you guys with me and he knew as long as he had they had their breastplate on it is no match for him when it comes to the garden please understand that, that Adam was given the task to tend the God and keep the garden we also saw he had the task to trade in the garden. And we saw how he traded business. How before that Lucifer traded business with the precious stones that was around the tree of life. And then they began to trade with the souls of men. Are you guys with me? Is, is this too much for you? If you visitors. I feel sorry for you right now. <laughs> it's getting to a point, okay? So don't worry, we go on this rabbit hole to get to a certain point. I'll never do a sermon just, uh, just for the sake of, of, of nothing. We are getting to a point. So garments is authority. Garments give you access. Garments, a judge has to put on a certain garment before they can make a verdict and a judgment. A police officer has to put on a certain garment that gives them authority. That is why clothing is very important. How do you dress? How do you dress when you meet the king? How do you dress when you meet a president? How do you dress when you go in for a job interview? A lot of people dress like they yesterday and not like their future. And that is why they're not progressing in life. Believe it or not, the devil looks at those things. Oh, God only looks at the heart. That's God. The devil looks at the external. Man looks at the external. Jesus, do you know Jesus actually worried what men thought about him? That is why he asked Peter, who do men say that I am? Because he wanted to know who do men say that I am? Because the only way I can have influence is of what their opinion is of me. 
And sometimes white Afrikaans people can have this, even white English people can have this mindset. I don't care what people think. I will dress the way I want to. I will act the way I want to. No, you're making yourself poor, your children poor. You're leaving the legacy. You are not going anywhere. You're not getting access anywhere because you are too familiar. Can we address something? Why are white churches familiar with God? Why is it that in a white church, and we're not a white church, thank God we are a mixed church. But I know in Centurion we are a little bit predominantly uh, white, just a little bit predominantly white. So uh, that is, um, you know, it's just because of the area. We got accused, oh, you racist. Go to Krugersdorp. We're predominantly black in Krugersdorp. So don't come with a racist. In, in Cape Town, we're predominantly colored in Cape Town. Don't come with a racist mind. Okay. So, um, uh, 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 so, but why is it that white churches are familiar to God? I can go preach in a white church and God doesn't move unless they are trained within our DNA. Because white people have a weakness. They have a very bad character weakness. First of all, they had it a bit too easy and it paralyzed them. That's why there's not a drive and a persistence. Please get it. So if you're white, become black. If you... I'm serious. I'm telling you what I've observed for many years. I'm telling you what I've observed for many years. I just... A white person is not faced if God does a miracle or not. You should get, you should get past that evil mindset. Because you think you deserve certain things. You think you uh, are privileged to certain things. Uh, I know we'll have no one coming back next week. <laughs> Maybe that is why Jesus was never white. He was neither, he was not black either, so relax, okay? He was more colored than, 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 than black. Really. You know, I once talked like this on a pulpit and they, they, they never wanted me to go back again. I said, do you have racism in your heart? Because we regard each man after the spirit, not after the flesh. That's what Paul says. If you have an issue, if we mention white or black, you have racism in your heart. So, so listen, so garments give you access. Where did we get it to? Clothing. Garments give you access. Garments give you authority. When God changes your garments, you are able to enter into higher dimensions, deeper dimensions. When there's a change of garments, even the occult, if you, if you get initiated in the occult, they give you a change of garments. Every person that has been initiated by water spirits or tribalism or so will tell you garments that were given to them in a dream. Because garments represent who you are, where you can go to. So Adam was a prophet because he had the ability to call the names. 
but it tells you that a prophet gives a name to something and a prophet brings identity to something which means that when a church lacks the prophetic they lack identity and they never really have a name to move on or to be progressive they become stagnant and they become plateauing out and they create religion but not identity that is why Paul says that the foundation of the church is apostles and prophets. Because it is apostles and prophets that brings identity. It is pastors that will stroke you on your back and say everything is fine when everything is not fine. It is apostles and prophets that progress and advance and as pastors that protects and covers and heals people. But you need both. You need healing and protection, but you need to progress and advance as a church and in your life. It is prophets that give direction. It is prophets that gives identity. So Adam was a prophet, priest, and a king. Satan was a prophet, priest, and a king. But Adam had something on, up, up on Satan. Are you guys with me? Have you seen? So, so let's look at things. When it comes to the breastplate, let's look at why Satan was threatened by Adam. Exodus 28 verse 15. It's speaking of the breastplate of the high priest. For the sake of time, I'm going to rush through the big scriptures. So it says there was a breastplate. Go with me to, go with me to verse 17. So it says the high priest had a breastplate. And the breastplate was made out of this. And you shall put settings of stones in it. Four rows. So with the four rows. The, which means it's 12 stones. The first row shall be sardius, topaz, emerald. This shall be the first row. The second row shall be turquoise, sapphire, and diamond. And the third, a jacinth, an agate, and amethyst. And the fourth row, a beryl, and onyx, and jasper. They shall be set in gold settings. And the stones shall have the names of the sons of Israel, 12 according to their names. And the stones shall have the names of the sons of Israel. So every son had a jewel. Well, let me change the wording. Every son, every son of every tribe of, Is, of, Is, of Jacob, every tribe of Israel, every son of Jacob, every tribe of Israel had a crystal. And people getting so religious. I heard one preacher say, you can't even touch if you're, if you're this is like not 30 years ago, 40 years ago, this is now. If you just touch the doorknobs of your doors and they are crystal, you need to throw them away. No, so you're so bound by religion that demons have already entered. Because demons come in by legalism. Nowhere in the Bible does it say a crystal is evil. Nowhere. Somebody said, oh, but you, New Age has changed the frequency. Of the, don't think so highly of yourself. You can't change the frequency of nothing. Okay. It's just a demon that is placed on there and the demon is a frequency because the demon is energy. But when you get to heaven, it's going to be crystals all over. And the high priest had to have certain crystals in his effort to hear God. Let me leave that one. That is for the prophetic school. That is not for you. Please don't go take crystals to try to hear God. You're going to get demons in that way, okay? Uh, you need somebody to teach you certain things. And we are no longer in the old covenant. We are in the new covenant. We no longer need an effort. We have a breastplate of righteousness. But just for the sake of interest, how did they hear God? 
What did the Bible say? The Bible says when David wanted to encourage himself in the Lord, what did he do? He took the effort to go and hear what God is saying. And he took the effort and he said, God, shall I pursue this troop? And the Lord said to him, you shall pursue, overtake and recover all. And he took the Urim and Theorem and he throwed it on the effort. And one of the stones lit up because it was two stones from the Garden of Eden. One of the stones lit up. And by the crystals on the effort, God would speak. By the Urim and the Theorem, God would speak. And say, you shall pursue, overtake and recover all. Where do you think we get the telephone? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. The only problem is that the high priest had 12, not nine. Are you guys with me? Now let's go further. Please, don't worry. It's not error. You'll, you'll get set free here, okay? All we do is reading the word to you. But there is a digital, um, a digital aspect. They call it the digital aspect of the word. That when you look at the mathematics of the word, you will actually see computer and digital aspects in it. And we spoke about that in the, in the decoding. Was it decode? What was the course name? Something. B decoding, decrypto, cryptology, cryptology the, of, of the word. Okay. Uh, so let's go to verse 17. Verse 17 again. And you shall put settings of stones in it, four rows of stones. The first row shall be sardius, topaz, emerald. And it's amazing that God uses 12 stones. I'm not going to go through all of them, what they mean and so on. But 12 stones, 12 tribes, 12 apostles, 12 disciples, uh, 12 specific entryways uh, that, that, uh, or foundations to, to New Jerusalem. And we 12 hours a day, 12 months a year. And we can go on. Are you guys with me? Uh, 12 uh, hours a day, 24 uh, oh, 24 hours a day, apologies. 12 months a year, but 24 to 12 plus 12, so we can go on. Then we see verse 18, and we go on, and we say it's all the, all the stones. We get to verse 21, but then it says in verse 21 this. I want you to listen to this. It says, and the stone shall have the names of the sons of Israel. So each stone is connected to a son of Israel. Are you guys with me? So you have, the, uh, the, uh, you have each stone connected to it, so theologians will tell you how they got it. And we see the sons of Israel when we go to Genesis 29 verse 32. I'm just going to mention the names too because there's actually three different scriptures. But you can find it in Genesis, uh, uh, all over in Genesis. Genesis 29 and 30 and 35. So we see Reuben. So with you, Reuben. It was the first son. It means revelation to see God. We see Simeon to be heard by God. We see Levi to be one with God. And then we see Judah to praise and worship. You cannot praise and worship God if you don't have revelation, which is Reuben. And then you must hear God, my sheep hear my voice. Then you must be one with Him, which is intimacy, which means praise and worship cannot be done outside of intimacy. Intimacy cannot be done outside of hearing and seeing God. And what? Getting revelation. What are we preaching to you? Revelation. I haven't even touched on any revelation yet this morning. I'm getting there still. Are you guys with me? So once revelation comes to you, it's like God speaking to you. So once there is a problem in Scripture, God speaks. It's revelation. Are you guys with me? 
So we see the sons of Jacob. We see that we have Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah. And then it goes on. We have Dan, Naphtali, Gad, Asher, Issachar, Zubalan, Joseph, and Benjamin. And we see all of them have stones. And just for the sake of talk, um, you don't have to write this down. I'm just going to give you the stones that is connected to each son. You have Sardius and a ruby, which is assigned to Reuben. So the Sardius has the ability of revelation. You have topaz that is assigned to Simeon. You have an emerald that is assigned to Levi. You have turquoise that is assigned to Judah. You have the sapphire that is assigned to Dan. You have a diamond that is assigned to Naphtali. You have the jacinth that is assigned to Gad. You have the agate that is, however you spell it, that is assigned to Asher. You have the amethyst that is assigned to Issachar. You have beryl that is assigned to Zebulon, onyx that is assigned to Joseph, and jasper that is assigned to Benjamin. Don't worry about all of that, but I want us to get to the breastplate of Satan. Go with you to Ezekiel 28 verse 13, because there's a problem here. Are you guys with me? I want to show you how God has orchestrated something and knew something before time. It says, you were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. The sardius, topaz, and diamonds. Beryl, onyx, and jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and emerald with gold. So they're mentioning all the stones that we see with the children of Israel except three. So it says that Satan's breastplate only had nine stones, but the high priest on the earth's breastplate had 12 stones. Nine is a number of judgment. Twelve is a number of perfection, completeness, government, and apostolic. Are you guys with me? Nine is the number of judgment because Satan will be judged and has been judged. So when God removed the three stones from his breastplate, he knew exactly what he was doing. But we can go deeper right now. What is the meaning of these three uh, uh, stones that was removed? Or what is the three stones that is removed? It is the tribes of God, Asher, and Issachar. Are you guys with me? God, say with me, God. Asher, say Asher. And Issachar. That was the Jacinth, the Agate, and the Amethyst. You'll see that New Ages would use an Amethyst crystal. Anybody was in New Age? To what do what? To open your spiritual eyes. What was it used in Scripture for? With the tribe of Issachar that were prophets that could know and see the times and the seasons ahead. They would know the times and the seasons. So you see how Satan copies everything that God has. Are you guys with me? Is this, is this boring? We'll shift next week to something different, okay? We'll do different next week. So, so God removed three stones out of Satan's breastplate, saying you will always be limited and Adam will always have one up on you. And Jesus, who is our forever high priest, will always have one up on you. So nine is judgment. Say with me, judgment. Twelve is completion. So God, 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 the tribe of God means good fortune comes. So he says, Satan, you will never have good fortune come your way. Asher means to be happy and blessed. Meaning, Lucifer, you will never be happy and blessed. But my people will have good fortune. They'll be happy and blessed. And we know good fortune means favor. And Issachar 
means the prophetic and his reward will come and it speaks of an inheritance, meaning that you'll have no inheritance, you will have no reward and you will never be prophetic, which means Satan cannot see your future. Any prophet that doesn't prophesy your future is a fortune teller of the past. Satan only knows your past and your present. He can never predict your future. Are you guys with me? And God removed these stones and He says, my reward will come, meaning Satan, there's a reward that is coming for you, which is judgment. Are you guys with me? Now let's get into the prophecies that were given to God, to Issachar and to, and to Asher, to look at a meaning, another meaning of this. So Issachar, in Genesis 49, 14, you can put it up, Genesis 49, 14. Issachar, a strong donkey, lying down between two burdens. Say with me, two burdens. So Issachar is speaking of the prophets because he would carry a burden. God, a troop shall tramp upon him, but he shall triumph at last. It's speaking of a king because a king is a troop. But he shall triumph at last. Genesis 49 verse 20. Bread from Asher shall be rich and he shall yield royal dainties. A bread is a priest and you are a royal priesthood. A chosen generation. So he's saying to, he's saying to Satan, you will never be able to produce a delicacy of a son that is fit for royalty. You'll never be a priest. You will never be an Issachar who crouched between two burdens. You will never be a prophet. You will never be God who will be overcome by troops but will eventually succeed. You will never overcome. You will never be a king. He says, Jesus is the son who rules as the king of kings. He's the carrier of burdens that takes away the sins of the world. And he was crucified to overcome death, hell and the grave. And God says, Lucifer, even before you fell, you only had nine stones in your breastplate because I knew beforehand what you were going to do. I was sovereign. So I orchestrated and I placed nine in yours, but 12 in a people that I'm going to make and sons of glory that I'm going to pull. But not only that, Lucifer, in your name, I'm removing the letters E-L. That you don't have E-L when you look at Michael. Who else is there? Gabriel, Raphael, Uriel. And every creature that was made of God at E-L that represents a covenant and attachment to Him. But He said, when it comes to Lucifer, I remove the E-L so that I can cast you down that you have no part of my nature. Are you guys with me? So we see that Satan was a prophet, a priest, and a king, but God is saying, in your breastplate, I'm removing the ability, meaning you'll never be able to approach me in the capacity as a prophet and a priest and a king legally. Mm. Go 1 Peter 2 verse 9. 1 Peter 2 verse 9. 1 Peter 2 verse 9. But you are a chosen generation. Say with me, a royal priesthood. Revelation 1 verse 5. We have been made kings 
and priests. Sorry, one verse six. Kings and priests unto our God. Say with it, kings and priests unto our gods. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 31. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 31. For you can all prophesy. Say with it, prophesy. One by one. Say we can all prophesy. One by one. So you are what? A prophet, a priest, and a king. But wait. 1 Peter 2 verse 5. Go 1 Peter 2 verse 5. Read it for me. 1 Peter 2 verse 5. Read it. You also. Read it again. As living stones. So there are three stones that were missing in the breastplate of Satan. Who are those or what are those three living stones? It is you that is missing there. The prophet, the priest and the king. So that God knows you cannot and will not have a part of Lucifer or Satan. So we removed you out of there. It's the predestination. Doesn't mean everybody's going to go to, out, go to heaven. But it is God's sovereign plan for salvation. Because it is God's will for all men to be safe. So prophet, priest, and king, three-dimensional. What is the fourth dimension? Living stones. The Bible says that there were living stones around the tree of life. Have your seats, have your seats. Are you guys with me? Hmm. Let me see if I can get where I'm supposed to be going. Maybe, 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 maybe. 1 Peter 2 verse, I need to finish this in 15 minutes, 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes. I came a bit late this morning, so we didn't have extra time in the morning as we usually have. Do you understand the message so far? 1 Peter 2 verse 9. Oh, we, we read this, sorry. 1 Peter 2 verse 5, read it. Now, we have another problem. Go with me to Revelation 22 verse 1. And he showed me a pure river of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God. And it's not like I said, I only put this, I only really got this. I think only by like at nine o'clock, God began to speak to me to put all this together, the, the last part. Proceeding from the throne of God and Lamb, in the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of, and it's not like Leon doesn't prepare. No, I try my best from Monday to Friday. But God seems to speak on a Saturday night. I don't know why. I don't like it. But God seems to speak on a, on a Saturday night to me. Um, in the middle of its street and on either side of the river was a tree of life which bore, say with me, 12 fruits. 12 fruits. Say again, 12 fruits. Each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were the healing of the nations. How many of you believe that we are trees? We've... If you don't believe, you must follow us. You must listen to the Eden series and you must listen to some other things that we have taught. But we are trees. But just for the sake of those who don't know, Isaiah 61 verse 3 says that you are trees of righteousness, that you may be called trees of righteousness. Psalm 1 verse 1 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of godly. Verse 3, it says, He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season whose leaf also shall not wither. Sounds like the tree in the Revelation. 
22. Are you guys with me? Which means that God's plan for us is to be like the tree in the book of Revelation. I know it's the tree of life. I know it's Jesus Christ. But we should have 12 fruits. The only problem is the Bible says that we have nine fruits, not 12. Go Galatians 5, 22, verse 20. Because it's what to do with our fallen nature. But we have been made a new creation. Just hold on with me. Are you guys with me? So remember, I said to you, there are three stones missing. Prophet, priest, king. Now we see there are three fruits missing. Guys, Galatians 5 verse, uh, is it 22? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Move on. Greatness. I tell you, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law, but it's nine, not twelve. Do you know nine speaks of the law as well? Nine speaks of judgment. Nine represents the evangelist. Because the evangelist has to go and get people saved from judgment. Are you guys with me? So we see there are three stones missing, the prophet, priest, and king. God, Asher, and uh, Issachar. The amethyst, the agate, and the jacinth, as the stones, is missing. We saw the prophecies. We saw this, the prophet, priest, and king that is missing from the breastplate. But now when we look at the fruit, because now we can see, okay, there's a tree in Revelation 22 but it has 12 fruits. Then the Bible says that we are trees whose fruits shall come in season and shall the leaves shall not wither. So there should be 12, yet there's nine fruits. Proverbs 22 verse 20. Proverbs 22 verse 20. Have I not written to you excellent things of counsel and might? The word excellent things means threefold measure, triple and threefold court. Are you guys with me? So he says that everything that is three is excellent. So remember, we have three breastplates. We have the breastplate of Lucifer that we just looked at now. Then we have the breastplate of the high priest in the Old Testament, which is also called the breastplate of judgment. Then we have the breastplate of the new covenant, which is the breastplate of righteousness. And then Paul goes on further and he says also of faith and love. Are you guys with me? So we have a breastplate of righteousness, faith, and love as one, which is the new covenant breastplate. Are you guys with me? Go with me to Proverbs 15 verse 4. You'll understand now. Proverbs 15 verse 4. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. So what is he saying? He says, I saw a tree of life standing in the river, standing in the middle of the streets. But we are trees. How do we become a life-giving tree? A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. Proverbs 12 verse 28. Proverbs 12 verse 28. In the way of righteousness, say with you the breastplate of righteousness. In the breastplate of righteousness is life. And in its pathway, there is no death. In what pathway? In the river, in the streets where the tree of life is, which we attain by the breastplate of righteousness. Because now we can 
we can approach God because of the blood that made us righteous. So Abraham's faith was accounted to him as righteousness. That is why he became the friend of God. That is why God said, I will do nothing on this earth unless I run it past Abraham first. I will not touch Sodom and Gomorrah unless I run it past Abraham first. Why? Abraham is in my counsel because of his righteousness. So now we have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Are you guys with me? Have your seats, have your seats. Proverbs 11 verse 30. Say with you the tree of life. So let's connect. Say with you the breastplate of righteousness. Say the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Say the tree of life. So we see three things. Proverbs 11 verse 30. The fruit of the righteous is a tree. Say with you fruit. Say righteous. Say tree. Three things. Excellent things. It is the only verse in Scripture that speaks of fruit, the righteousness, and the tree of life. The only verse. He says, how do I attain the fruits, the righteousness? Yes, we've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But to get to the place where we have 12 and not 9. He says, and he who wins souls is wise. Meaning the very purpose that Christ came to the earth was to bring many sons unto glory. And he who wins souls shall shine like stars in the heavens. He who wins souls is wise. And he is like a tree of life. He is righteous and he will be fruitful. Are you guys with me? Do you know the greatest thing that paralyzes Christians is when they stop reaching out to people. It makes you dead, it makes you religious, it makes you stagnant, it makes you dry, it makes you smell rotten. Because the anointing, what did we say with the rivers last week? The fourth river was called the river of the sweetness, the river of the anointing. The river of the sweetness of the anointing, of the perfume. So how do I smell as a believer? So the one thing, because now we can go further. Scripture says there were three stones missing, the prophet, the priest, and the king. The prophet is to speak, the, the priest is to carry uh, the burden, it is to, to tend to God, to keep. The king is to take territory and take money. So the way I apply the prophet, the priest, and the king, and I'm going to show you the main purpose that God has made man. Because people think God created man to worship Him. How many of you have heard that we were created to worship God? Nowhere is there a verse in the Bible that says it. Some minister said something that sounded good. And uh, you thought it was good. And you listened to it. Because guess what? It keeps you passive. He has never called us to worship Him. Must we worship Him? Of course. But worship is on the fourth list when it comes to the sons of Israel, the tribes of Israel. He has never called us to worship Him in that aspect first. What has He called us to do? Number one, He has called us to rule and to reign, to take dominion, to take territory, to be a king. And number two, He has called us to guard and tend and keep to the garden, which is the priestly function. To guard and keep to that which He has given us. 
Your garden is everything in your domain. There are trees in the garden, which means there's people in your domain. Are you guys with me? And then He has called you as a prophet to preach the gospel, to speak what God is thinking, to speak what God is saying, to name and give identity. So the threefold purpose of man is to take territory, to occupy till he comes, to have dominion, which is business. But not only that, not only to trade with business, but to keep and tend to God that which He has put into your responsibility. But not only that, to become a prophet, which means now no longer trade in business or gold or money. You now trade with souls. Hold on. Are you guys with me? So Satan traded in the garden. The Bible says because of your many merchandise and your trading with amongst the precious stones by the tree of life. So there were stones around the tree of life that Satan would go and he would take the stones and he would trade. Then he exalted himself, he was thrown out, but he entered into the garden another way, which I'm going to get tonight by. How your hedge can be broken over your life. Then he entered in because he needed to do trade again with the precious stones. But now Adam was trading. The only tree that Adam was not allowed to trade from was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Are you guys with me? So Satan comes in after the whole thing happens, God sees it. He says, now I'm placing a flaming sword around the tree of life and it will face in each direction that no one can come near it. The flaming sword is the angel of Uriel. You thought there was only Michael in the Bible, Gabriel in the Bible. And what's the other one? Michael, Gabriel, that's it. People thought that's it. And uh, Lucifer. There's an Ophanim angel. There is a pillar of fire. There is thrones, dominions, pillars, winds, um, clouds. And then there is a flaming sword angel. The flaming sword in the Hebrew, the Hebrew meaning for Uriel. And I understand it's in Apocrypha books, but the Hebrew meaning for Uriel is flaming sword. And his job was to protect the tree of life. So when your Bible says in the book of Genesis, a flaming sword was put around the tree of life, Uriel was put around there to protect the precious stones that could have been taken from the tree of life. And Satan wanted to trade with the precious stones by the tree of life because he knows the moment he does it, he can trade with souls. Because he started with the tree of knowledge and he got the souls of Adam and Eve. So he went from trading business to trading souls. So God is saying, I'm making another one after Adam and Eve, which will be the last Adam. He will bring many sons unto glory. He will fall like a wheat of grain into the ground and die. And he will give birth to many after him. And he will trade souls. And then he will give a last commandment because many will be born and he will be firstborn of many after his image. Firstborn of many brethren after his image. And then He will leave them with a great commandment. And He will say to them, Go and make 
disciples. He will say to them, to occupy till I come, which means do business, but not business in a natural sense what we think. Do business by making disciples to take territory and go and make disciples of all nations so that you can become the tree of life, which is not replacing Jesus Christ, but you can be Christ as the body whose leaves will go and bring healing to every nation. When the 12 fruits are on the tree, meaning when you have the 12 fruits, how do you get the 12 fruits? When you're operating in love, when you begin to move from the nine fruits, you move into a fruit called the love, and then you begin to win souls as a prophet, a priest, and a king. And the moment you begin to win souls, you're doing the commandment, the only commandment that Jesus gave that was not under the law. He says, go and make disciples, baptizing them in my name, teaching them all things that I taught you. Are you guys with me? I stand your feet, stand your feet. Go with me to Genesis 2 verse 5. So the priest has to tend, has to guard, has to keep. You have to protect what God has given you. Why was Adam there to guard and tend to, the, to guard the garden? It means somebody was, there was things on the outside of the garden. Are you guys with me? Why was Lucifer supposed to guard the garden? In the beginning, in Ezekiel 28, the garden before the garden that Adam and Eve was in, because there was other things that could get in. Adam was never the first fall. Lucifer was the first fall. Adam was the second fall. Are you guys with me? So he had to guard and keep because something could have come in. Are we going to get further tonight on how it came in, what it uses? And we're going to pray for everyone. Um, Is there rugby tonight? Okay. So uh, then he's the priest. Then he's the king because God. So when God made his spirit, Genesis 1 verse 26. He said, have dominion, rule, reign, subdue, replenish, multiply, be fruitful, and etc. So your spirit rules. Your spirit multiplies and your spirit is fruitful. A lot of Christians try to be fruitful in their flesh. Yet God has created the spirit to be fruitful, not the flesh. Then Genesis 2, the flesh was created and he says, now God and keep. The Bible says he put them in the God and he says, God and keep. So they had to protect and God and keep. That's when he became the priest. The king was with the spirits. And then he says he brought every animal before him name. And Adam was the mouthpiece to the thoughts of God. So God spoke by thoughts. And Adam would speak. So God thinks, Adam speaks. So he had the mind of Christ. The mind of the anointed. And when he would speak what God would think, it would come into existence and be. In fact, when God created the animals, they were dead. And the Lord presented them dead like this in front of Adam. And then Adam would speak. And the moment he gives a name, 
Well, let me change the wording. The moment he prophesies, life would come into the animals. So he was a prophet. So a prophet speaks and begins to win souls and puts a vocabulary to what God is thinking and doing and saying. Are you guys with me? Genesis 2 verse 5. Before any plant of the field was in the earth and before any herb of the field had grown, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain. Say not to rain. On the earth. And there was no man to till the ground. You can change that wording to because there was no man to till the ground. God does not bring revival or the reign of the Holy Spirit unless He can find a man who can till the ground, who can manage a garden, who can represent a prophet, a priest and a king and can manage the presence and a host the glory and is saying it doesn't matter what it takes I will go out and make disciples win souls whether it's in my workplace in my business wherever it is I will go out and do these things so that I can be faithful to what God has given me so that he can say I have found just one man that is righteous just one that is maybe in a nation and I can take a neighborhood or I can take a city but he will not pour out revival or he will not pour out the latter rain of the Holy Spirit unless there is someone who can till the ground are you guys with me raise your hands to you raise your hands to the Lord Lebroska arredenoske delebenamambroska daya lekoloska vrekenamambroska delebayetenamaya Lebroska redelebena mambroska talabati in the Maya. Le canos keledelebre. Lebroska de la Bayeske tekelebayo. Le doska darabarke redelebre doskataya. Father, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for the anointing. I pray that this revelation of the garden, of our identity, of our breastplates, that we have the breastplate of righteousness that we can enter as a prophet, a priest, and a king anytime into the Holy of Holies. We have been given access. The veil has been torn, has been rent. The Holy of Holies has been opened. The mercy seat is available. The throne of judgment has turned into a throne of grace and a throne of mercy. I pray right now that your hand of grace and your hand of mercy will be upon each one, that you will cause multiplication fruitfulness to know that our only purpose is to take territory to God and to keep and the way we do it is by doing the great commandment which you gave the great commission is to go and make disciples of all nations to preach the gospel to reach our neighbor to reach everyone that is next to us and the moment we do it we're entering and we're living in a place where we are fruitful where our fruits will never wither or die we will have fruits right throughout the year, every season, 12 fruits, not only nine fruits. We'll carry the tree of life and we will be an image of Christ on the earth. That when people look at us, they'll see a tree of life that they can nourish and drink from. But it starts by reaching out and doing the purpose that you've called us to do. I pray right now for the anointing of the prophets, the anointing of the priests and the anointing of the king to rest upon each of them. Bring them back safely tonight. I pray for the anointing oil to flow in this place tonight. Let the gifts flow. Let prophecy flow. Let the healing flow. 
let healing for those who need in their body begin to flow. Let those who are demonized be set free by revelation and grace and the truth of your word. In Jesus' mighty name, we give you all the praise and the glory. Come on, let's give a praise offering to you.